right, I am going to pass on our uh, our black history factoid that we do at the beginning. Lloyd Newton, not to under, underestimate the uh, uh, African-American Air Force general who's retired, born on this date, uh, but, but I do have... Uh, equally important guest. Uh, he is. Uh, he holds forth on MSNBC, um, and uh, he is with us, Michael Steele. And I should point out, I still have my Lieutenant Governor Cuffling. There you go. <laughs> that, I'm uh, glad to hear that. That uh, that you got as Lieutenant Governor of Maryland. And the reason I bring that up, it helps to segue into. Um, the significance of this Supreme Court uh, decision. Now, I, you know, I know we talked yesterday, and I, I and, and it, let me ask you: Does this decision concern you? And on two levels: one, as an African American, yes, and two, as a an, a, a former elected official, yes, okay, on both fronts, on both fronts. This it, was, it really does concern it you. Oh, genuinely concerns me. In fact, right, now well, tell us why. Well, what a lot of folks don't know is that uh, when I was lieutenant governor of Maryland, I actually uh, testified before the Congress on behalf of the reauthorization of the Voter Rights Act. Uh, I thought it was important um, to make it very clear, not just the significance historically of this act. But it's relevant importance today in the modern era. Uh, we still live, and it was never more true and evident uh, than upon the election of Barack Obama, in this world where some would like to think that we're past those old vestiges of segregation and, and um, uh, racist, uh, uh, racist mindsets uh, in business and politics, and et cetera. But we haven't. We've not completely turned that corner. And as I said to members of my party, uh, as an example, in 2012, this sort of boneheaded, ham-handed approach to voting registration laws um, and, and the like, uh, if not in fact, certainly in perception, create this sense that you somehow don't want me to fully participate. You somehow want me blocked out of the system. So it, for me, re-energizes the significance and importance of this act in making sure that not just those states who are carved into the act, mm -hmm. but most especially the ones who are outside of the act who seem to be acting um, mm -hmm. in, in contravention of the intent. Like, like uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania and yeah, Florida. Right, right. Uh, just to name three. Yeah, Florida has some jurisdictions, so, but not the whole but, state. But the, not the whole right. state. And so, the, so the, the fact for me was, and I, and I wrote this in a piece, which I would invite people to go visit uh, and take a read, because uh, it's, it's pretty in-depth. Uh, on the griot that I've got up now, I put it up almost immediately uh, after the decision yesterday, uh, that really speaks to not just the history but the, the importance of why uh, this, this matters and should matter to all Americans, especially African Americans, uh, and to the Republican Party, which seems to, for some reason, um, uh, Joe, just forgets his history. I mean, Everett Dirksen, the conservative right. Republican right. from Illinois right. was the champion of this act right. in the United States Senate. Lyndon Johnson went to him and said, dude, I can't get this done without you. I need and he you. He certainly can't, couldn't get it done with Dixiecrats. He couldn't get it done with Dixiecrats. No. And, and, and Dirksen was the one who made the, made the plea. We have to do this now. Literally, his quote, we need to do this now. 
So, so I'm really concerned uh, that the, the cut the court has gutted this act. It has taken its teeth out. It is it's left it with provision five, section five, which is meaningless without Out section four. Without section four. Right. Uh, and so I, I think that this affords to the political point. The Republican Party should now see this as a moment in which it can begin to redefine its relationship with the country on civil rights by saying emphatically and getting in front of, to put it in political context, and getting in front of the Obama administration on this and saying that we will now make sure that the rights guaranteed under our Constitution to access a free and clear ballot box is protected. All right, the interview's over. You can go back to your right no, <laughs> But no, no, no. <laughs> he took off his headphones. I take off my headphones. No, on that no, no, no. I'm, I'm not just. I know, I know. But but here's the thing that's interesting, and now you raise a very good point, and that is, and let's, and I love the history lesson. Can if if the Republican Party got in front of this? Because here's what we were saying yesterday. President Obama has to own this. He has to own it. He really has to own this for his own base. Yep. Now, yep. he's he's off to Africa. Here is a great, correct me if I'm wrong, here's a great opportunity while he's in Africa for Boehner and the, that caucus to say the Voting Rights Act is our act. It's our act. We're the ones yep. who 50, 49, 47 years ago it wouldn't have passed without us. And we recognized. And we even recognized it in 2006. 98 to, to zip, zip in to the zip Senate. In the Senate. Only 33 Republicans in the House voted against it. Okay, so, and 19 of them are still there today. Okay, of that 33, 17 or 19 yeah, are still okay. there. All right, so let's just take them out. So they're not, right, they now, may not play. All right, but fine. Here, but here's what Clyburn, But that's not definitional of the party. Right, now here's what Clyburn said to us uh, just before you came in. That if you if you wanted to go, if the magic number is two eighteen, right? Okay, no problem. If you just went pure arithmetic, but the calculus changes. If the speaker wants to, what do they call it? The ha- the Hastert rule, where rule, you have to have a majority is, of the majority, the majority of, of the, the majority. majority, right? So you need 50 percent plus one of the two hundred and forty three Republicans. Right. So in the House. if you were advising the speaker. I mean, let's say he was listening right. by chance. Hey, who knows? Hey, I have staff people there. listening. There yeah. you go. What would you say to him? If he said, Michael, I need your advice. You were once chairman of the Republican Party. What should we do? What I, should I tell my caucus? I, I, would, I would advise the speaker to uh, today have a meeting with the caucus, number one, uh, to, to, to uh, get... Uh, in front of this by identifying uh, maybe someone like um, uh, Paul Ryan or, or someone else, a handful of, of, of members to begin to craft the legislation in the next 24 hours. The next 24 hours. Really? That, that, because you want to get because in front the, of it now. It's already there. I, the, it's the, there. The, right. Section right. 4 exists. We know what it says. Right. The Supreme Court, and you know, I, I can push on the court, and we can talk about uh, the Thomas opinion uh, uh, concurrence. And we've only mentioned Thomas once here. He's right. It, it that's yeah, a that's yeah, leave that's that Thomas. alone. That's Clarence. Okay, that's right. Clarence. Yeah. All right, but so the act is very clear. The Supreme Court said basically you need to update it. 
All right, so we know what the charge is. This is not you have to create this out of whole cloth. This is a matter of going back and looking at the the current data and statistics on voter participation. And I appreciate the Chief Justice putting in that the table that showed the progress. But the problem is it's not definitional. It doesn't speak to uh, what state legislatures are doing right. uh, to, to, to carve out this a new space that would allow um, for a retrenchment in voter participation. I, I've got uh, – I'll just read what you're talking about. Uh, 82 restrictive bills introduced in 31 states, uh, 50, res- 50 restrictive bills pending in 18 states, 14 restrictive bills currently active in, in eight states – this is what states are doing. States are doing. And, and, and now, here's the real question, though. That, and if I were in, in Boehner's caucus, and, and the problem he's having with Tea Party mm-hmm. is that, uh, Boehner, how are you going to keep us from being primaried? Is that a possibility? Could that be the drawback where uh, Paul Ryan and these Tea Party folks say, these guys will primary us if we come out well, then, in support of this? Then what's more important? Well, what do you The Voting Rights Act or your job? Oh, well, hell, they'll say their job. Well, no, and that's the wrong answer. Service is— See, that's why you're not chairman service, of the Republican ser- <laughs> Service, I'm sorry, I get the politics of this, right. and it's all about the numbers, as you pointed out. Yeah. But ultimately, any, any I mean, the, the part of our problem, Joe, is that people in Congress look at this as a job. It's not a job. It shouldn't be a job. We've, we've allowed this 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 bracket creep, if you will, that these guys now see this. This is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. No, you mm-hmm. serve the you people serve. of your yes, district. Right. You are a public judge. servant. Right. And so your job is what you do and what I do every day between nine and five. Well, we have to go out here and earn a living. Right. Serving in Congress is not earning a living. And largely what it is today is getting in the way of people trying to earn a living. So my, my argument to, to those who are worried about being primary, I'll die on that sword every day if it means when, at the end of the day that the voting, rights, the voting rights of every American are protected, that the integrity of this system that has been in place for 50 years is going to be there for the next 50 years or at least until the nation, all of us, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, decide that we can now move on beyond it. Mm-hmm. We're not in that space yet. We are not there yet, and I think Republicans have a profound opportunity here. Going back to the point you in that caucus with the Speaker, mm-hmm. Mr. Speaker, pull together a small task force of folks to get started on a bill now. Lay out the argument for the reestablishment of a 21st century version of the Voting Rights Act, recognizing, yes, progress has been made, but more needs to be done. Help put a check on those state legislatures. Look, I'm all for states' rights. I get what states want to do independently on some of these things. That's great. But that doesn't mean just because you got a child in the house doesn't mean you don't, you don't need a mom and a daddy. That means especially you need a mom and a daddy at times to make those course corrections. That's what the Justice Department is there for. That's why the law was written the way it was written. You can change your rules. You can even opt out of out of uh, the Voting Rights Act, uh, Section Five, but you got to show cause. Yeah, so it has to be. That's right. And 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 but, if and if you can't demonstrate that you have dismantled the vestiges of of racism and and uh, disenfranchisement of voters, you're not getting out of the but system. They, but they don't want it, and I'm being. And they don't want it to be done by the Justice Department. 
That's the that's really isn't that the crux of the problem? Hey, they don't want it to be done by the Justice Department unless and until it's a Republican. I, that's okay, right, right. I, which right, is which right. is BS. So because that's not how what, the system is designed. So basically, what you're what I hear Michael Steele saying. This really transcends politics. Oh my gosh! More this, than the, anything than we do any, right now, anything, more than anything we do, because it is fundamental to who we are as a nation. How do you have a, a debate on immigration when you're disenfranchising U.S. citizens who are already and, here? And it could come back. Correct me if I'm if I'm if I'm wrong here. It could come back and bite you. Oh, it will come back and bite. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, because this is the point that. If you don't like my whole let's get in the caucus room and come up with the bill and go back to the American people and get in front of Barack Obama on this thing, trust me, as you and I are sitting here, two black men having a conversation at 930 in the morning, this will be the seminal issue in the 24 campaign for the House it of Representatives. So here now, hold it on. will it will def- it so, will default. It will be the default issue, so, not immigration, not anything else. Well, I see. That's what I was going to say. You, wait a minute. It would. Here you go. Twenty fourteen. You already have Republican seventeen senators. seats. I mean, but you already, that, that's well. That's the other number. Seventeen. Seventeen is seats. The magic number. And uh, go ahead, make All your right, point. But here's my point. You already have a Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. who, and 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 a Rubio mm-hmm. who are saying, look. We we've got to do something to to uh, to make ourselves attractive right. to Hispanics. Right. It's the fastest growing, and you know I know liberals sometimes uh, you know say, "Oh, see, that's not sincere." Excuse me, that's what the Democratic <laughs> the Party Dem- did. Exactly, with the sixty-four, they got in front. They got they got in front of it. They got in front of the Republican <laughs> Thank Party you. in 1964. Ta-da. They did full circle. They got they huh? Oh, okay. They're telling us we're talking too loud. <laughs> uh, do what? Oh, move in front of my mic. They got in front of the Republican Party on this. Right. Okay. And 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 but so here you go. You have you have the you have the Republican Party trying to attract. Hispanic, right? Forget about black folks, but now, but now, <laughs> but now you've got them going after a a a important legislation, and if they got in front of it, it's an issue that they can say in 2014, guys, we hear you. Let me tell you, yeah, I, yeah. everybody's talking yeah, about the yeah. black the black vote fall off after Barack Obama is no longer on the ballot, which he isn't at right. this point. Won't right. be in 2014, right? You want a motivator for the black community if it boils down to who controls the House in passage of a new Voting Rights Act? Democrat or Republican? Right. But they're saying— All day long, but, but, baby. Right, you be, you right, better get right, in front right, of that. Final question, and I know and then I have to let you go. Final question. Yep. But here's what they might come back and say. I'm not worried. Look, we've gerrymandered. We control the state legislatures. We've gerrymandered safe districts. You're not going to get that 17. Uh, well, okay. If that were case, how did we lose eight? Because the number was 25 up until uh, it was 25 seat difference. We lost eight seats in uh-huh. 2012. So we're back those to gerrymandered those ma- those gerrymandered districts were in play in 2012. Okay. So our net net. Was a loss of eight seats in the House. We didn't pick up any seats in the House. Our net net in the U.S. Senate 
was a loss of of three seats. All right. All right. All right. So so the reality of it is this. If you're looking at the numbers and you want to play that game, you will lose because the voters are in a very different space. They're looking substantively at these issues that are impacting them. So this issue, I say, will transcend everything else because it's fundamental to everything. White women will appreciate how the party or not appreciate how the party responds to this. They're drivers in these, as independent voters right. in a lot of these elections. Right, final question. If I had to write a headline on this interview. Michael Steele comes to the Joe Madison show and <laughs> try to just make it very clear. The GOP, this is an opportunity. Don't lose sight of history. Right. It's, it's coming full circle. It's a chance for us to rebrand the conversation on civil rights in the context of, a, of the modern era. And I think we are positioned to do it. My fear is and my concern is we won't. All right. And we'll wrap it up there. Thank right. you. You got to go back to. I'm, I'm done, baby. I'm just oh, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go so have some coffee. So, did you tell them this on Patriot's sure channel? Sure did. What were the calls like? Uh, surprisingly supportive. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, you see, I see that. I'm going to tell you, I, I know what, what I never will forget going to you know, when you became chairman of the Republican Party. I never will forget that side conversation we yep. had. People, people, the callers were like, you have a way of expressing and explaining our values unlike anybody who's it, out I there mean, right the, now. But see, these are conserv- these are the conservatives I know. Right. And what I'm telling you. and, I, and They I, don't recognize this they, party. No, no. They, they, they're not conservatives. They're regressives. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that's the word I'm. I'm going to have to get that copy. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that. They're regressives. This is. This is. This is not it right. It's beyond looking backwards. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. No, Steele. it's great to be with you, man. Always, anytime. So we'll call you again. Please do. All right. All right. Let's take a quick pause. 